The crowd said, this is a hard saying. Who can accept it? Its first reference here was to Jesus' teaching on the Eucharist, but it really implied their willingness to accept everything that he had to say. It implied a change of life, a change of the way they were living, and they weren't willing to make the changes that he was calling them to. He forces no one, but he invites us to follow him. And they were unwilling to follow him. They said, this is a hard saying, who can accept it? It wasn't just the Eucharist. It was really the way of life that Jesus was calling for. So to our second reading today, St. Paul is calling us to a new way of life. And many people are saying, this is a hard saying. Who can accept it? This teaching on marriage, this ordering between husband and wife, the way that they're to love one another, this is a hard saying. And many people say, who can accept it? And they, they go their own way. And yet St. Paul is actually giving us something that would be to our happiness, to our well-being, to our prosperity, to our ultimately to our eternal life. He's giving us a way of happiness that is really unknown by the world. Hard saying, but very, very fruitful. Well, this weekend's second reading on Ephesians about marriage is often misread by many people, seen as being negative towards wives compared to husbands. That's not what St. Paul was intending. Rather, he was speaking in this passage, he was teaching husbands and wives how to love one another as Christ loved his church, because Christian marriage is the sacrament of Christ and the church. But here's the key to the passage. The deepest needs and the desires of husbands and wives are different. They're different. In short, just as important as it is for husbands to love their wives, it's also important for wives to respect their husbands. Interestingly, the very last verse of this Ephesians, chapter 5, verse 33, is left out of today's lectionary reading. But it really sums up what St. Paul was saying. The verse reads, In any case, each of you should love his wife as himself, and the wife should respect her husband. Love and respect. These two pieces are the key to understanding the entire passage. That's what St. Paul was really saying. And there's a wonderful author that I, I'd like to offer to you for your consideration. He writes a book called Love and Respect. It's Dr. Emerson Egricks. I recommend this book to anybody who wants to study this passage more closely. And from this book, there's a, there's a lot of profound insight into the dignity and the dynamic of men and women. So Dr. Emerson begins with a statement. Maybe you've all heard this back in the days of the Beatles songs. You've heard the song say, all you need is love. And he says, I absolutely disagree with that statement that all you need is love. Again, with the number of marriages ending, love alone is not enough. Yes, it's vital, especially for the wife, but what we miss is the need of the husband for respect. In this book, he shows how a wife can fulfill her husband's need to be respected and her need to be loved by her husband. For 45 years, we've been talking about unconditional love. Nobody says anything about unconditional respect. He quotes a study that was given. There's 400 men were interviewed and given a choice, two difficult negative experiences, and if they're forced to choose one or the other, which would you choose? And the question was this, would you rather be left alone and unloved in this world or to feel inadequate and disrespected by everyone? 74% of the men said that if they were forced to choose, they'd prefer to be alone and unloved in the world rather than disrespected. That's the role of respect in men's, in men's lives. Numerous men confirmed this by saying, I'd rather live with a wife who respected me but didn't love me 
than live with a, a wife who loved me but did not respect me. That's the role of respect in men's lives. I believe that's also the reason why arranged marriages worked so well. They were never founded upon love, never founded upon affection. They're founded upon respect. Something very serious here. Something that a man longs for his wife to look up to him as he fulfills his role of providing and protecting. She, on the other hand, possesses this unique need and thirst to be valued as first in importance. Nothing energizes a woman more than to be loved and cherished, to be the one that is, everything is all about her, that she is the very center of his life. She wants that. That's exactly what this is all about. Practically every woman you and I could meet would say, I just want somebody to love me, make me special, make me the most important one in his life. That's a treasure. And no one would accuse a woman of being an egomaniac or a prima donna for wanting that. It's natural. It's the right thing. But a man has this craving to be respected. And that's sometimes labeled in our culture as arrogant. But it's not. It's foundational to what men are and who we are. If you were to go back to the days of courting, many women would think that the reason that their, their husband proposed is he was motivated by love. She would say that because she's motivated by love. And yet, there's something more at stake. More than ever, this man experienced something in her. More than she ever realized, it was her unique and intimate admiration that won her man's heart. The fact that she admired him won his heart over. There's an old saying that puts it, every man does what he does for the admiration of one woman. Every man does what he does for the admiration of one woman. That makes men just purr, makes everything click, makes everything change. That's what this is all about. It's all about respect. One wife was shocked when she asked her husband, do you want me to tell you that I love you or that I respect you? Without hesitation, he says, respect. Think of that for just a moment. Again, this book gives men permission to acknowledge their need for respect. It's not toxic masculinity, it's actually about respect, a basic need. So Dr. Emerson quotes then about a couple that he was counseling. And one woman, with her mate sitting right there, listening, the woman said, I love my husband, but I don't feel any respect for him. Ow! That struck to the heart. I love my husband, but I don't feel any respect for him. And the counselor, Dr. Emerson, turned it around and he asked the wife how she would feel if her husband said, I respect you, but I don't love you. And she felt it. We each want something different. We each need something different. And turning it around, she said, I would be devastated. One wife decided she was actually gonna try this, this respect. She says, I knew I needed to show unconditional respect for my husband, whether I, whether I felt like it or not. I started going through the actions, even though the feelings weren't there, and after a while, the feelings started to go, and my husband has been serving just as, the, as it was recommended. This last weekend, we had dinner with our neighbors, and my husband offered to cook dinner. He washed my car this weekend. He's never done that before. Out of his Christmas bonus check, he gave me $500 to spend, no questions asked. He actually he cleaned the kitchen and did dishes twice. Now, apparently that never happened in that house. But she was moved by this. What was this? What change had just occurred? She respected him, and all of a sudden he began to meet all of her needs to be cherished 
and to be loved. He craved that respect. She says, I'm now sending him an email at work about once a week just to let him know how thankful I am because of his hard work. Think of that. What change that brought about. His love motivates her respect, and her respect motivates his love. At the end of the day, it's, it's all that's important is that I know that he loves me and values me, and that's what I want more than anything else. That's what the wife says. And he needs to be the first among equals, not to be superior, not to dominate. Again, the relationship is between the head and the heart, and that's the way it's supposed to be. So he recommends even further to write a respect note. For those women who would like to do one simple thing, he says, write a note to your husband. Write a note to him that says, honey, thank you for getting out there and working. Now, you might think that's the most obvious, ordinary thing. Who wants to be thanked for doing the ordinary thing? And yet, she, the doctor says, write a note that says that. Thank you for getting out there and working. If you want to go a little bit further, one wife wrote, I was thinking about you the other day, that you would die for me. And this is an overwhelming thought to me. Signed with all my respect, the one who still admires you. Can you imagine? And the man saved that note and reread that note. It was that important to him, how critical that really is. Now, obviously, these are, this is not the sum total of that scripture passage, but it's a key to understanding it. Do we love and do we show respect? Clearly, we need to pray together. Clearly, we need to be one with one another. But this one passage enlightens us as to the needs that each of us has. Perhaps that's exactly why St. Paul summed up the entire passage saying, in any case, each one of you should love his wife as himself, and the wife should respect her husband.